0: Here I am with a surprise unboxing. A surprise, not so much because I don't know what's in it, but it arrived on a Sunday afternoon, which is strange. Let's have a look. I'm accompanied by my be- beautiful daughter. Hello. Are you going to help me open this? Let's see. Is that another
1: box in there? There
0: is a box in there. Yeah. Oh, it's a
1: little box.
0: (laughs) Aha! It's not what I thought it was. It's my USB headset. Mm -hmm. Lovely. Empow. Now these only cost me. Eighteen ninety nine, but they did have a pretty good write up. Uh, I've seen some pretty good reviews for them. Uh, Whether they'll be good enough for podcasting or not, I don't know. But they'll certainly cut it for a bit of online play. Now you will touch it. (laughs) Right? Okay. You. I know. Oh. Let's have a look at these, right? So I've got a USB connector, but they've also got a jack on them, so I can uh, yes, I can use them with the phone. They look quite comfortable, little padded. Is
1: that a phone? Don't drop
0: everything. Don't drop everything. No, I'll keep that there. But um, so far... Oh, hey, it looks that? quite good. That's the headphones. Yeah, there you go. Can't hear anything, can you? It's because they're not plugged in. Right, well, let's see how they work. Begin after eight taps. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight.
2: He was slinging pawns at a B&B when he had an epiphany. I make a part in about time, too, about not playing the and It
1: was free-throw all, and I heard him say he my borderlands. But just sit back and let Spencer do his trick, because you're in
0: That was TJ Drennan. I'm Spencer, aka Free Thrall. And this is Keep Off the Borderlands. Let's kick things off with some messages. Hello, Spencer, it's Che.
2: I just wanted to say um I've been listening to your Barbarians of Lemuria second episode talking about that, and it was interesting what you were talking about with Kongar, and how you didn't really know what his personality was until he played. And I kind of want to pick up on that because I think that's fine. In fact, I think that's desirable. I personally kind of dislike it when we have this whole kind of, tell me about your character. I think it's much better to start with a simple concept. I think it's better to start with a description, perhaps a physical description, let people draw their own conclusions, and then to play. The classic storytelling thing is, you know, show, don't tell. And I think I learned who Kongar was through watching him interact and in watching him do stuff and yeah I did pick up on his slight reticence to be a brutal hero
0: thanks mate thank you Che that's Che Webster of Roleplay Rescue there and uh yeah well I'm very pleased that that came across I certainly feel that background elements should be kept to a minimum and Uh, much more comfortable with the idea with regards to personality that that emerges, certainly through uh, the initial part of play, rather than trying to decide what sort of character I am beforehand. It's kind of an emergent thing. And um, I don't think I know how a character is going to feel about particular circumstances until they are presented with it. So yeah, completely in agreement there. Thanks for your call.
2: Hi Spencer, it's Liran. I'm so happy to hear you had fun at your first online game. I'm having a great time playing in the Monday night game that my husband is running. And I had done some play by post and I've done some writing back and forth on forums and stuff. But it is so much fun playing a game online, isn't it? I feel like I'm really lucky I'm playing with people who've been playing for a really long time, so they're super creative. I know that adds a lot. I hope to get to that point, but right now I feel like I just sort of sit back and watch them with, you know, my jaw agape. Like, wow, the stuff they come up with on the fly is just awesome. Anyways, hope to hear more about your gaming.
0: Hi Liren, that's Liren from Updates from the Middle of Nowhere. Great to hear from you as always. Um. Yeah, certainly had a lot of fun. Uh, I'm glad to hear you're enjoying online gaming as much as I am, by the sounds of it. Again, great group of players, and I can't wait to play with even more of the Anchorites. It was great to kind of just dive into a one-shot like that as well, and just be concerned with the matter at hand. Yeah, it was a re- really good experience, but I'm certainly interested in getting involved in maybe something a bit more long-term as well. Very excited about the idea of playing the Black Hack being run by Dave Aldridge of Deepercentile. Yeah, really looking forward to that one. I'm sure that's going to be a lot of fun too. Thanks for your call.
1: What's up, Spencer? It's Joe. Glad to hear you're feeling better, man. That pumps me up. I am also sort of on the fence when it comes to hero points. They have them in Pathfinder 2, and we use them, and it's fun. But it does sort of take you out of the fiction. We just spend them, and there's no explanation needed or anything. You just get a free reroll. I do really like the way that Call of Cthulhu 7th edition kind of handles it. It's not hero points. It's called pushing your roll. So if you fail a check... You then get, you can re roll it, but you have to explain in the fiction what your character is doing differently that lets them have an opportunity to make the re roll. And if you fail the push roll, there are consequences dire, dire consequences. (laughs) And I really, really enjoy that. I think it's well done. Anyway, man, glad to hear you had fun with Barbarians of Lemuria, and I will talk to you later. Peace out.
0: That's the amazing Joe Richter there of Hindsightless. And thanks, Joe. I know you've been bigging me up on Twitter, recommending uh, Keep Off the Borderlands to folk, and I really appreciate that. Yeah, I guess there's a time and a place for hero points. It certainly didn't feel as jarring in a game like Barbarians of Lemuria. Helped to sort of shape the game to that pulpy fiction style. But I really like what you're saying about how it's employed in Call of Cthulhu 7th edition, pushing your luck, and in taking that chance, you're increasing the stakes by making the failure more dire consequences. Yeah, I really like that way of balancing it out. I'll have to have a look at that. Thanks for your call, man. I also want to take this opportunity to... uh, Drop in on Jason, who's been uh, trawling through my back catalog. Let's see where he is.
3: Hey, Spencer, Jason here. You know it's from the Nerds RPG Variety Cast, so I don't even have to say it. <laughs> Anyhow, so I listened to your Pip episode. I'm going to have to pick up a copy. I enjoyed that. My only, it sounds like a system I'd really enjoy, especially with the simpler version with the broader skills which I might be able to make work like my career system, that I, my beloved career system, I should say. I really love, like, the Barbarians' Lemuria career system. But my one question about this game is going to be how is it going to play online because you don't want to be adding up looking at a bunch of, you know, numbers online trying to figure out. Or So I guess it would be a matter of writing a script. So, like, on Roll20, it automatically calculates your success for you. So you're not trying to add up all those individual roles, but anyhow, great review. I really enjoyed it, and now cost me money. Thanks a lot, man.
0: Hey, thanks for your call, Jason. Yeah, I've got to say, I think I prefer the the simplified version of Pip, with the broader well, they're not skills, are they? They're more. Um, I guess they work more like attributes when you uh, break them down like that. But yeah, as far as playing with it online. I don't know how easy it would be to write a script to deal with big D6 dice pools. The pleasure of that is the act of physically rolling them. So I feel that that would be a bit of a loss, but um, as far as writing a script to work that out for you, it doesn't, doesn't strike me as impossible. But uh, yeah, thanks for your call, man.
2: Gary and Dave shed credit on the white box But as things advanced, their relationship was on the rocks Maybe less people know his name But he revolutionized war games With the first fantasy
1: campaign
0: so unsung heroes i've often cited the warlock of firetop mountain the first fighting fantasy book and the hobbit text adventure on the zx spectrum both released in 1982 as being where my interest in fantasy gaming started, but something that I've often forgotten about was a program created for the BBC in 1980 by a fella called Patrick Dowling, and this program was called The Adventure Game. Now, Patrick Dowling was a big fan of D&D and he wanted to create a show that captured the feel of the game. And initially, Patrick approached Douglas Adams to write for the program. Unfortunately, Douglas had already committed to turning his hit radio play, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, into a TV series, meaning he was unavailable. So Patrick basically took on the job of writing and producing the series himself. This series is essentially considered to be a forerunner to the Crystal Maze. Now, I don't know if anyone outside the UK is familiar with the Crystal Maze. It strikes me as a format that's possibly been sold to other countries and they make their own versions of it, but I'm not aware of an American version or if the UK version was ever shown there. But essentially, it's a escape-the-room type game. And the premise of the adventure game was that there's this planet called Arg, inhabited by these dragon-like creatures who are able to shapeshift into human form, who are regularly visited by space travellers, these visitors, were essentially three contestants would have to solve a series of puzzles to get through a series of rooms in order to retrieve a crystal that would allow them to leave the planet Ark. So essentially it was sci-fi themed but quite often these puzzles included quite a, a crude computerized dungeon crawl or a sort of a mini text adventure something like that the program had a very kind of you know had a real sort of early 80s bbc charm very crude effects the contestants would also have to interact with uh, several of the argons who were generally talking riddles and (laughs) be extremely unhelpful and just give them confusing or contradicting information. And the whole program had a very kind of quirky sense of humor running through it. This kind of blending of sci-fi and fantasy, much like early D&D, where there wasn't really any kind of delineation between the two. And that program certainly made a big impact on me and probably started a lifelong fascination with uh, brain teasers and puzzles and problem solving and that kind of stuff sadly Patrick died in 2009 although he was 90 so uh, hope he didn't feel shortchanged but if you can hear me Patrick Dowling you are my unsung hero Well, I think we can wrap things up there. Um, I was about to give a glowing review for this MPOW wired USB headset, but it seems while they sound great on the phone, which is what I'm recording through at the moment, when I plug them via USB into my laptop, it sounds like I'm wading around in a paddling pool, which, uh, it's a bit frustrating, so it turns out they're going to be great for podcasting, maybe not so good for playing online, which is exactly the opposite of what I'd anticipated. But uh, I don't know, I'm sure I could figure something out anyway. Thanks very much for those call ins, really appreciate them. If you want to get in touch, click on the anchor link in the show description. Uh, you can always email me at spencer.freeforall@gmail.com at gmail.com. I'm also on Twitter at Free all, And I just created an Instagram account for some reason. <laughs> just to see what that's all about. You'll find me on there as Free For um, You'll also find a link to the Trifold version of Osseus, which I hope to be putting up. On itch very soon and there'll also be a link uh, to tj drennan's patreon which is where i get all my great music from thank you very much for listening and i'll speak to you very soon and remember if things get dicey just roll with it